I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Texted Craig this morning. So what are the topics? He sent me a bunch. He's producing this whole show. I'll try to steer it along. Episode 252. What's up, man? 252. Thanks for the effort today. Putting in all the work. Yeah. Four, to- four topics. What are we talking about today? Four things. Groundbreaking shit. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you making fun of me already? It's 9.02. We're only two minutes in. Attacking me already. Funny. You don't like you don't like what I wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was great. I I can go along with all of it. I can go along with all of it. Yeah, I'm curious to see. We we're going to talk about NHL awards. Season's done. You know, most teams have played uh, 81 games. There's uh, maybe one or two games left for each team in the league and uh, wanted to give your thoughts before get out ahead of uh, um, the awards, the awards for the year, the heart, the business, Elkie, Tro- uh, you know, Calder, Norris, you know, Jack Adams, that, that type of stuff, stuff that we do every single year and uh, see if well, we I can like, kind I of, like what uh, you said too. I mean, you, you got on here and you're like, you know what I was doing today? I was on cap friendly and you can be the armchair GM and I was building my roster for next year and I said Sabres roster or just like your own team roster you're like Sabres roster they were eliminated last night officially the Islanders win and Pittsburgh eliminated which is even uh, I would I would think a much bigger story because of the pedigree they have on that team that's the first time uh, Sidney Crosby um, has been eliminated from the playoffs since um his rookie year, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. 16, I saw, I saw. Uh, 16 consecutive years that he's made the playoffs. Well, look at all these teams are falling from grace. Chicago, Pittsburgh, slowly. Well, Chicago's not falling from grace. They okay. have, they've fallen okay. and hit their head on the way down 14 times. Okay. And, well, fine, uh, but they're in a position, is what I'm saying, after a team has had a dynasty a great run. run like great they've run. had. Pittsburgh yeah. also, like sooner Pittsburgh. or later, it's over, right? And all these other teams that were bottom feeders throughout that time are now starting to, you know, relish in their, well, how what would you, you know, uh, development of their young players and draft picks and trades and things like that, where these teams are, you know, chasing it for as long as they can, and then all of a sudden they have to do all teams that have a storied run. You can name the Pittsburgh Penguins. You can name uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Do all of the Washington Capitals, I think, are are definitely on There's another their team, way yeah, down, absolutely. right? So, like, w- once you lose Ovi, once you lose Backstrom, which you're going to have those players play in Washington for, for the next number of years. And it's, and it's not necessarily to win Stanley cups. It's, it's for Alex Ovechkin to do something very, very special in this league and, you know, win the uh, all-time scoring title. Um, But they're, they're, they're not the same team. They're not the same team that dominated. But there was a question in there. What was your question? Are, Are there, 
is this normal? Is this does every team well, go through does, this? Does, well, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is we're watching Pittsburgh Penguins possibly on their first, you know, downcline. Okay. And you we watched Chicago, we've watched Washington. These were, you know, the elite teams of the era. But do all teams that are at the top have to fall from grace and go right to the bottom of the barrel? Like Detroit, Chicago's seven doing years right out now. of the playoffs. They were 25 years straight. 23. Sorry. 23 years, I think, they, they made the playoffs. I'm going to challenge um, you on that and say 25, but no wager. Just... Just okay. Because I figure that like, out. Find it out uh, on on the uh, computer there, and I think it was twenty three. Ottawa six years. seasons, and if you recall, I think their last year in the playoffs was conference final game seven. Yep. They were one shot away from beating Pittsburgh and going to the finals. After right. all those years of having great teams, yep. San Jose. What about Sharks. Boston? What about Boston? San Jose Sharks? San Jose Sharks were a were monster a, for years. Probably played more playoff games. Um. Than any, I I think it was San Jose Sharks played more playoff games in like that fifteen year period than any other team in, in even the teams that won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, well, you brought up Boston. What about Boston? Boston's a bit of an anomaly, and by that I mean the that's I was expecting, super old though, PD. Like at what point this, in time? I was expecting this to be that year for Boston. I really was. Which so is, did I. Which is absolutely insane. Everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody. I know we did. At the start of the year, we said, Boston might miss the playoffs this year. Like Bergeron, Krejci. Like, everyone's like, Krejci? Krejci? Are they that desperate for players that Krejci has to come back? And then Pasternak. It's just... Like, the guy is somewhat... I, I guess he doesn't officially retire, but he leaves after an insanely good career in Boston and, and leaves to go back to where, where does he live? Like Czech, Czech, Czech Republic. And, uh, and then all of a sudden one year he comes back. It, it, it was a head scratcher. No, it was coach. He hated the coach. Probably could have been, could have been, could, uh, very well have been, uh, that situation. But you know, at what point, at what point, and like, you look at what Boston's doing right now. It's just, it's so unheard of. That you know you're you're looking at the team and you're and you're wondering why they basically just set like a record for the most wins and the most points in the history of the NHL, and you wonder why you wonder why why they did it why how you know and and I'll tell you why you have a 26 year old David Pasternak that's literally in his prime. He's in the prime of his career, who's scoring 60 goals and 111 points, and he makes $6.6 million a year. For the standard in what he does each and every year, he should be making 12. Brad Marchand has been underpaid in this game since he signed his contract. He made 6.1. Taylor Hall, 6 million. Charlie Coyle, 5.25. Jake DeBrus making $4 million right now. He should be making 6 to $7 million on any other team in the league. Patrice Bergeron is making $2.5 bucks. $2.5 million, he's decided to come back and play. He's playing, he's playing like a guy that should be making $8 bucks Plus. And this is why they're in this situation, because they have players. David Krejci is their second-line center. David Krejci is their second line center. This year in in 70 games played, he has 56 points. He's making a million dollars. You want to know why they're winning so many games? Because they have the ability to spread out money and make the team so freaking strong because they have players on their team that are that are grossly and i mean grossly underpaid but those players don't care about money they care about winning championships and that's why that's why they're in this situation because the organization the gm sweeney is 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 allowed to go out and and put basically the best team in nhl history 
and their on defense is set for the next few years too. Like on their top three guys, McAvoy, Lindholm, and Brandon Carlo. Well, look at I mean, again, all signed look at, right through twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, you see, Ampus Lim, Lindholm, who had an incredible season, ten goals, fifty three points. He's plus fifty, Petey. He's plus fifty. I said at the start of the year he could be a candidate for the Norris Trophy. He's now, making he six and a half million dollars. Six and a half million dollars for, arguably, I would I would put uh, an, a Hampus Lindholm as a number two defenseman on any team in the National Hockey League. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Like if he came to Buffalo, I wouldn't put him a, uh, ahead of Rasmus Dahlin, but he would be our number two D by far. Okay, you can go to any team in the league. Hampus Lindholm is a number two defenseman. He's making six and a half million bucks. He should be making eight and a half million. This is what I love about this team, man. I mean, they've got guys. They've got that, a goalie who's making five million, and he's and he's going to win. He's going to win the Vesna, hands down. It's now, literally a, now, granted, like a shoe a lot, in. I'm not taking anything away from him. I mean, a lot of it has to do with his ability to stop the final shot that's taken, but he's got a great team in front of him. I wouldn't but even have... say the final shot, Petey. I think he needs to save the first shot because Boston's defensive system and their players are so defensively minded. Like they are truly a team that I speak about all the time. I speak about when, when I talk about the Sabres. And wow, what an awesome year that the Sabres scored, you know, the third most goals in the, in, in the game. They've got a whole bunch of kids that are insanely talented. But I'm going to tell you something. A lot of those forwards you can blame everything on the D too. But it's it's unfair to blame it on just the D. It's unfair to blame it on the goaltenders because the back check from the forwards and the defensive uh, posture in the zone from the forwards, I think, is really poor. And in Boston, they care about defense just as much as they do offense. They care. They would love nothing more in Boston. Every single player, even even David Pasternak, who's scored 60 snipes this year. That man right there will win a one nothing game and have a smile on his face all year long, if that's what it takes to win games. And right now, the Sabres need to have that attitude, and they need to learn that. Well, they need to learn that defense win championships, not offense. Oh, uh, you know, just you know, finishing off the the Boston Bruins uh, conversation. Uh, we talk about team toughness. AJ Greer, Trent Frederick, Garnet Hathaway, Tyler Bertuzzi, Jake DeBrusque. Charlie Coyle plays hard. Yep. Even like look at Brad Marchand. Charlie I McAvoy mean, plays hard. Brad Marchand, Brandon Carlo, Matt Greslick, if I even pronounce his name right. Dmitry Orlov. These guys all play hard. Connor Clifton is is, Connor uh, Clifton. is a tough little nut. You know, he's not a real big guy and he's not out there to fight. Like he these guys aren't fighters. Like Matt Grizzlick is not a fighter. He's a smaller player. But let me but tell he, you something. He's got he hits, he King plays Kong his, balls, man. Yes, and they play, and you look at Charlie McAvoy. Is Charlie McAvoy a fighter? I bet he's had f less than five fights his entire life, even including going to freaking middle school or or elementary school. I mean, this kid doesn't fight. But let me tell you, he'll be the first guy there in the scrum, yeah. ready to throw knuckles to support his teammates, and and that's why this team is so successful. And we left we off a key player that that we have not even mentioned yet, and I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you to mention him. Oh, Jesus. Um, Before we move on from Boston, this is a guy that I remember his draft year, and he was highly rated as a kind of a power forward, drafted in the top 10, was on pace. in the top 10? On pace to be a complete, he was drafted in the six overall. And he no, was on, he was on track to be a complete and utter bust. Forward or D? Forward. Forward? Forward. Um, 
190, 200 pounds forward. At 21, has 21 goals right now. 21 goals on the on Boston, the Boston Bruins Bruins. right now. Yeah. And he's healthy? Uh, Yep. He's played 81 games. He has 57 points. He's making 4.75 million. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea who you're talking about. Pavel Zaka. See, he, again, like super crazy, out of sight, out of mind hockey player. Where'd he come from? New Jersey? Yep. Jesus. He's making 3.5 this year. They've got him on an extension for 4.75. Wow. <laughs> exactly. All right. Exactly. exactly. Just th- th- this is what I'm talking about, though. So David Pasternak is 26 years old. Jake DeBrus, 26 years old. Pava Zaka is 26 years old. Tyler, Tyler Bertuzzi, if they go and sign him, which... And I think they got to try and try and sign this guy. He's 28 years old. He's got, he's got some years left on, on on the body, right? Uh, Trent Frederick's 25. And then you've got players like AJ green, uh, Greer Greer. and, uh, Jacob, um, Lauco, Lauco, who's 23 Got guys in the pipeline. So when, when, you know, Marshawn, you know, a uh, uh, um, Patrice Bergeron and a David Krejci, there's going to be a significant loss when those guys move on. But they still seem to have these younger guys that are that are going to be able to jump into a role and, and take advantage. I think Bergeron is going to play another couple of years. What, what, if, what if Bergeron wins the Stanley Cup this year? Well, he comes back for another. What if David Krejci wins the Stanley Cup this year? He's going to come back for another. I don't know, Petey. Why, like, why would they walk away? Because he's 38 years old. How no. old is he? 37? He's no, turning 38 in July, I think we're man. at the point now. I, but I think these guys are different. That's that's kind of what I'm, that's what I'm getting at here. I think these guys are different. I know what you're saying. I see why you're saying it. But... To me, I don't think they're saying let's win one more. I think they're saying we win. Let's come back again and make another, make two million bucks each. Go and get, you know, re-sign some of these guys. You have other, you have, you have to sign Swayman. Let's go win another one. Listen, Bergeron has made a hundred million dollars in his career. He's won multiple Selkie trophies, more than any player in the history of the game. He has had many, many playoff games to his name, 167. You know, do you remember that one year he was playing with a dislocated shoulder and he had a punctured lung and it was yeah. just like, a, it's like, what are you doing to your body at at some point in time, PD? I just think that these guys, even though they have those competitive juices, I don't think Patrice Bergeron is going to be away from the game very long. That's my thought. I don't think Patrice Bergeron retires and walks the way, uh, walks away from the game of hockey. I think he is going to get eaten up by the Boston Bruins to help build the next generation of player next generation of, of, of a team. So I don't know. I, I, you know, listen, I mean, he had 27 goals this year. He had 58 points. Like he's going to have another 60 point season and he's plus 34. Like the guy's an absolute raging stud. Even to this, even to this day, He's still a raging stud, but if he wins the Stanley Cup this year, I can see him going out on top. That's, I hate to say it, because I, I I love, love his, I, he's, he's literally on the same wavelength as a guy that you adore in this game. A guy that you have supported and loved and appreciated playing, um, you know, against him and, 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 and watching him play. And that's Sidney Crosby. Patrice Bergeron is on that level for me. So if he wins, 
I could see David Krejci, who's had a hell of a hockey career himself, and Patrice Bergeron just calling her quits. But we'll have to wait and see. Officially last night, Buffalo Sabres were eliminated from the playoffs. And, you know, before we get into dissecting if today is even the day that we do that, but, you know, we rode the ups and downs with this team. We watched this team very closely. Uh, the yep. eight-game losing streak, and there are many different areas where you can look and point the finger at times when, you know, this team could have changed their direction, right? But all in all, I will say that I am extremely impressed with what this team has accomplished this year. And I will not forget what I said back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. At the start of the year where I said, if they are within four or five points of making the playoffs, wild card, you know, three or four, even yep. five, depending on how, how close the right, the race is. I said, that is a, that is a, a great season for this team. If they can make it interesting later in the year. Well, here we are with at 80 games and they were still in it yep. until last night. And I think that says a lot. Now, that being said, I'm very disappointed at the same time. In, in what regards? Just, 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 just losing them, not in the team or anyone or pointing finger, just disappointed that just a few bounces. You know what I mean? Literally, literally this season came down to maybe four or five bounces, bounces, not wins, not losses, not ties, not shootouts, bounces. Yeah. And Maybe frustrated is the better word. Because not so much for me, because I'm sitting here as some diehard fan who's been in pain for 12 years. No. For the fans that have been in pain for 12 years, that actually remember the last time this team was good and it was exciting to watch Sabre hockey. Yeah. That's all I'll say. But do you do you, do you feel that, that that fan base, that fan base that is... Been really angry for for a number of years. Okay, a number of years watching you know the multiple different coaches, multiple different GMs, different philosophies. Um, you know the you know I I can still remember back when Darcy Regeer spoke about this team saying this team's going to endure some suffering, and people are like, what, what are you talking about? What do you mean suffering? As big as a dick as Darcy is, I don't even think he meant for this. <laughs> you, as as much as you want to call Darcy a dick, I think at the same time, you can say in the same sentence that he was almost brilliant at what he did. Would you, can you agree with that? Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's all, yeah, that's I, all I, I want to hear. I, I didn't say call that. Him a dick. I said he was a dick. And he is a, He's dick. a dick. He was a dick. He treated a lot of people like shit. He treated a lot of people like shit. He was hard on people and, and how you interpret that 
is is i am is, totally okay with people being hard on someone yeah. if you know to get the best out of them i understand that do you do you not think that he was hard on people i think for he, a reason? i think he i think he built he the environment that he wanted people. i think he intimidated people and scared people into okay so you and, you think so what would you say about darcy right now that he's just a piece of shit Fuck, you know, that's the problem. There, there are times where you can talk to him and he's like a really nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he and you're built like, an man, environment. Why can't be that Darcy all the time. But I think he was, he was sneaky. Like he built an environment that made there's rumors about Darcy when he was assistant coaching that he would skate around, talk to guys to see if they smelled like booze and then would go and tell the head coach. He would hide in the bathroom stalls with his feet up and listen to the guy's conversation and then go and run to the coach. That's kind of, he would, don't you remember? He would kind of just tiptoe around in the bath back room. Like why, why the fuck are you in the bathroom, Darcy? Why am I? Shaking? Maybe you had to hang a leak. No, they, you they guys don't. were so spooked by, but listen, all I'm going to say is this. If you're going to sit there and, and put a big shit sandwich on Darcy Regeer, and you're going to call him, let's just say hypothetically, I'm going to put some words in your mouth. You're going to call him a piece of shit. Can I, can I say that? Can I say that where well, you you're putting, look at I me. said he's a dick. Okay. So, <laughs> so you're okay. So we're, he's not a piece of shit. He's just a dick. So if he's a dick, Petey, if he's a dick, then you know who else is a big dick? Come on. I see who? you smiling. Who? Lindy Ruff, because they were Biff and Baff. They were freaking the same thing. They want, they, they were, they were united in what they wanted, the environment that they wanted to build. It was successful for a very long time with an insanely, insanely low budget. Okay. Darcy Regeer found ways to make this team the best he could make it under shitty, shitty circumstances because Buffalo was cheap as shit. Okay. They never, ever spent the money. But Darcy Regeer found ways. He was a wizard of trying to find ways to make the team better. And Darcy, I was in Chicago. And Lindy Ruff, Lindy Ruff took those players, and he made them the best that he could make them. I was in Chicago at the NHLPA player meetings in 2007, 8, maybe. I was still with the Sabres. And... We were out at a bar after, and this big, tough hockey player came up and sat right beside me. I never met him before. Fought him, never met him. Comes and sits down beside me. I'm like, oh, fuck, where's this going? And he goes, hey. So all he said to me, hey, what do you think of Darcy Regeer? That's what he said to me. And I'm like, uh, where's this guy going with this? I'm like, oh, you know, you know great GM. And I'm like, Happy to be in Buffalo. You know, he treats the guys great. You know. He's like, I got two words to describe Darcy Regeer to you. I said, fire away. He goes, rat fucking bastard. And I'm like, he goes, oh, wait, that's three words. <laughs> he must have been from the, uh, the, the OHL or the WA. Eh? I just started dying laughing. I got two words for you. <laughs> rat fucking bastard and yeah. realized it's three words way to wait. go he goes wait that's definitely I, definitely from I, the western i started Hockey laughing and he, he and i said well why do you say that and then he told me about the islanders thing and the the hartford whalers thing and, and he's just like rat fucking bastard and i was like all right well and i remember i got i couldn't wait to get back to buffalo and fucking yeah. tell all the boys <laughs> listen i mean you can sit there and anyway. say that all you want and you, you know, like, I'm not saying that Darcy Regeer sold his soul. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you this. I think the guy's brilliant. I'll tell you that. And I'll argue you with must any, know he's any one GM of you guys. Job somewhere again. And you want to, you want to get on the, no, on the I think, I think Darcy has uh, ridden off into the sunset. He was with what Arizona for a little while. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, listen, I mean, he had an awesome run 
and he was an incredible hockey mind. And whether you liked him, he or mind you, fuck guys, Riv. And you know what? That's yeah. Well, listen. I mean, he mind players. fucked you guys. Okay, he didn't mind fuck me. I'll tell you that right now because I, didn't I was say you. I said guys. He mind. Yeah, fucked he guys. mind fucked all the fucking wieners on the team that were super fucking young and didn't have uh, any idea that you know what? I mean, he's your GM. He's not God. You guys treated him like he was God. Just like when Darcy, uh, like Lindy Ruff fucking got treated. Oh my God. Scary Lindy. Fuck Lindy. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Lindy was a fucking, was a player just like you fucking wieners. I wonder what Jack Hughes would say to Lindy if you, if you know. Lindy Ruff was a player and then became a coach. Lindy Ruff was a very liked player when he played the game by the style he played and who he was. And Lindy Ruff took his coaching experience and who he was. He's a tough man. He's a strong, tough man with a strong opinion and an insane uh, Rolodex of knowledge for this game. But he was a tough guy. He wanted, wanted his team to play hard, play fast. He kept them accountable. But when I got to Buffalo, and I don't want to go back to all that. Yeah, I, I, I kind of want. We I had a really, Buffalo. really young team, and God damn it, they were so scared of Lindy. It's like, what the fuck, man? Treating him like he was like some superhuman person. It was ridiculous. How the fuck did we get to this point? I don't know. One thing, the one thing that I've been thinking about all all morning because I'm really pleased with this team. I'm I'm pleased with with Don Granado, and I know that me and you have had some we 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 love to debate over certain things. I I really have liked what Don Granado has done. I think next year Don Granado, like the players, like the players that are growing, I think Don Granado is going to grow. I think Don Granado is growing. Don Granado is coached in every freaking top league, whether it's the East Coast Hockey League, the USHL, the NHL, the American Hockey League. He's coached everywhere. National Development Program. And now he's in the NHL. He's a head coach. He's been doing it for a couple of years. He's developing the minds and the confidence of these young, young players. Don Granado is going to, learn just like these players are and i think don granado is going to be better next year and maybe a little harder on these players moving forward that's one that's the only area of complaint that i have with don granado is what is 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 how hard he appears to be on his players in games during the season i don't recall Man, I've seen him snap many times. Really? Like he's literally does he, got does a screw loose. Players? Well, he sat fucking Victor Olsen for the past Ow, four or Victor five games. Olsen, come what? on. What? Come on. That's the only issue I have with him is that I think the players feel within a game that they can get away with anything. And that is something that I never well, had. We a don't know that. We don't know that. What do you mean we don't that's, know that? That's an assumption. Well, what do you okay? mean we don't know that? Because well, you don't know. You don't know how he's dealing with his players behind closed doors. We're only assuming. I don't care about closed doors because it's in the game that matters. Like that's great. Hey, remember the mistake you made yesterday? You're not going to pay for so, it during just the let game. Me, let me clarify. Gonna, you, I'm going to I'm going to do it behind closed doors so I can make sure that I protect you and Twitter doesn't blow up because I okay. sat down a guy that well, is fucking thirty. Okay, goals. let me. The fact of the matter is, Craig, when you when you lose eight games in a row or you um, are in a tough situation and guys aren't playing very well, you need to shorten your bench. Agreed. He I never shortens his I can agree on bench. That. Yep. I can agree on that. Not going to, not going to, but listen, I mean, for the most part, I think Don Granado's done a nice job with, with, and again, people don't like to hear this because I, I get in, you know, disagreements all the time. He has, he has the youngest team in the league. He had multiple, multiple rookies. Someone who listens on to team. the show very, very often literally said to me yesterday, got to stop saying they're the youngest team in the league. Why? Because in reality, they've only, they great. They are offensively as gifted as it gets, but 
on the other side of the puck is what costs them a playoff spot. Like in the most important side of the game cost them a playoff spot. And you can chalk that up to youth, but you've had all season to, to correct that. You've had all season long. So so they're they're not the youngest team in the league. They're a collective group of young players, 70 games in the season, who haven't improved a fucking lick defensively. That is a major fucking concern because what's going to happen? Between, are they going to work on it as a team over the summer? No. You're going to have a vast majority of these players coming back. I expect very few changes in this roster. Just by default, do you think that Jack Quinn's going to be a better player next year? Offensively, yes. What's that? Offensively, yes. What about defensively? I don't know. I think he's going to be a better player because he is not coming into a season playing against players that he's never played against, having uh, walking into you know the Detroit Red Wings building for the very first time and looking at the stands well, and how going, many games Holy has he played? Shit. How many games has he played this year? Let's use the kid as an example for seventy. A second. I'd okay, say perfect seventy five. About ten games ago. He and Paterka got so fucking lost in their own zone. The right winger could not even play the left side. Five seconds. He needed to hold his position as a left winger, and he couldn't do it. He had to switch in the middle of a fucking, in the middle of a cycle. I know exactly the the one we're talking about. I know you know. We discussed it behind closed doors. Yes, I know. So so what I'm saying is at game 70 of the regular season, or 57, because it might have been 15, 10, 15 games ago. They still haven't figured out that he, that a right winger is okay to stay on left. Like, like I know what my my job was, and I I know, but I tell you what I did know. I knew that if I got fucking out of position to hold that position, yeah, and that the the right side yep. is the exact same as the left side, just different. It's just the other side. I understand that. All I'm saying to you is this: a JJ Paterka who comes into the NHL at 20 years old. He's a 20-year-old kid. Do you think, after one full year in the NHL, that he will be a better, more aware, up-to-speed player that is going to be a little bit better defensively? I, I don't know. Not where it, we're sitting there saying, like, oh, my God, J.J. Paterka. It comes down to coaching. And, oh, and, it doesn't come down to coaching. It comes oh. down to awareness. It comes down to maturity. Can you teach that? Can you teach awareness? Can you? Yes, absolutely. Okay. You can You can teach defense. You can teach. I think J.J. Paterka, guys like Quinn, guys like Peyton Krebs, guys like these younger guys. Dylan Cousins fucking is, is young. We sit there and look at him like he's been in the league for 10 years. He's been in the league for three years, man. I have zero concerns about Dylan Cousins. Zero. I think he's going to be our best player. Okay. Okay. All I'm going to say is Dylan Cousins next year, where I can go back and show you multiple fucking mistakes in the defensive zone by him losing coverage and goals are scored because of him. He's going to learn. He is going to learn. Now, if you're 29 years old and you're still making those mistakes, you're a lost freaking cause. You will never be a defender. You will never be defensively aware. Okay. But guys like JJ Paterka, who are absolute kids, who is not just known for offensive abilities, but he's, he's known for being a two, a good two-way hockey player. I think Jack Quinn, from what I understand about him is he's, he's, he's a goal scorer. He's got an insane amount of talent. But I think with time, he is going to learn how to play certain situations that he's never seen before because the play is happening 10 times faster than any other league that he's ever played in. And I, he will be better next year. Perturka will be better next year. JJ, JJ I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll is going to be better next year. Dylan Cousins, who's a young kid, just turned 22, is going to be better next year. I'll tell you one area that I feel like this team did a player an injustice this season. Peyton Krebs playing on the fourth line. You do, and I am. I know I am hijacking someone's point, 
but I'm going to bring the point to the table here. To justify winning a trade just by having this guy in the lineup does not benefit the player playing on the fourth line. He should have been in Rochester for a vast majority of the season. Instead of being afraid of how it appears that a piece of the Eichel deal is in the minors, the only piece we have in the, in the Eichel deal is Tuck, which, by the way, is the best piece in the Eichel deal. And we bury this kid on the fourth line. He, he's fighting. I mean, he's it, it, that to me it it made it made no sense, no sense. That's that's the only that's another bone that I have to pick with the team after they're officially eliminated from the playoffs. All right, so I'm going to take this one on and say I understand where you're coming from because Peyton Krebs, throughout his his career, when he was in junior hockey per se. Um, he was a point producer. He's been a, he's been a real solid point producer for a long time when he was a young kid, but for a lot of players, Petey, for a lot of players. And I'm just going to use you and don't roll your eyes. Just, just hear me out. When I came from junior hockey, when I came from junior hockey, I was considered an offensive defenseman. I had 19 goals and 74 points. Offensive guy. Guess what? My first year in the minors, I had to change a little bit of that. Okay. Because I had another guy that was getting all the power play time. I ended up with 32 points in the minors that year. Fought a little bit, did fairly well. I had to change my game because I was not known as an offensive defenseman in the best league in the world. I had to evolve to to at least get my foot in the door and then it's hard to stay there for all these years after. But my talents that got me to this point and drafted and everything else was an offensive defenseman. Peyton Krebs was a point producer in the Western Hockey League playing for the Winnipeg Ice. Okay? He was drafted in the first round, 17th overall. Peyton Krebs right now on the Buffalo Sabres arguably can't make the top two slash three lines with what he provides right now at his age. But Peyton Krebs, I think, had an absolutely unbelievable year because he learned more than just producing points. He had 25 points this year, okay, in 70-some games. He had a really, really good year, but he learned how to play a different style, a style that he's probably never played in his entire life. Do I like Peyton Krebs fighting all the time? No, he had a, he had a couple fights. He had what, two, three fights this year? It was awesome. It shows what he's willing to do to get outside okay. his comfort zone. Okay. okay. Do you not agree with that? No, I don't. I, 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 I don't. completely disagree then. When, you, uh, when you're bare in Rochester for call-ups to begin with, Yeah, I, 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 he's 22 years old. He's 22 years old, and he was drafted, what, uh, 18th overall? 17th. Sorry, yeah, 17th. Yeah. Signing age was 18. Signing age, like, <laughs> so stupid. Like, he signed when he was 18. So now he's yeah, 25 points in 72 games. His entry his level deal. First year, his year first deal. real year in the NHL. Yeah, yes. He should have been in the minors. Should have been in the minors getting 75 points. That's what he should have been doing. Ah. And and deep down, deep down, I I know you kind of agree with me. So I don't. I don't agree with you on this one. That's fine. I think Peyton Krebs played in a situation. If you if he was playing in a situation, Petey, where he was on the fourth line, which is what you're calling it, right? And by the way, by the way, I'm not, this is not an indictment on Krebs. It's just, it, it, I feel like it was in the, it would be, 
in the best interest of his development. I don't feel like he maximized his yeah. development by being here and playing 71 games. He wouldn't have maximized his, his development if he was playing six minutes a night, seven minutes a night, which some teams play their fourth line. Here in Buffalo, Peyton Krebs was on the second power play unit. He was killing penalties, and he was playing with Kyle Poso and Gergensen and learned how to play a pretty solid style of game where he was playing on average 13, 14 minutes a night. I think that's a hell of a development year because here's the thing. I agree with you on one thing. Peyton Krebs has more to give, but he's also just a kid. He just turned 22. What's he going to be like when he's 25 is the question. I think Peyton Krebs is going to work his way into a bigger role, a more offensive role. But when he was a younger player, he learned how to play another style, which I think is going to maybe he'll take middle stat spot if they decide to move him in the summer. Yeah, absolutely. Which I'm not saying they should or shouldn't do. I'm just saying that they should. They should. I I agree. I agree. I think I think Casey Middlestat had an awesome year. I've been saying this for months now. But Casey Middlestat should be moved. Because you have your two top centers. You have Tage Thompson and you have Dylan Cousins and they're signed, sealed, and delivered. You have Alex Tuck. You have your top line in Jeff Skinner. Boom shakalaka. Then you have Peyton Krebs and Paterka are going to be a much more dynamic line next year than what we're seeing right now. Jack I think Quinn next uh, year, he has 14 goals this year. Jack Quinn next year is going to have 25. I think, I think Krebs and Middlestad are pretty much almost identical. And I, I think, I think Krebs plays a little faster and a little more tenacious actually plays faster and more tenacious. And I, and I think Casey Middlestat, what he does, he's more of an offensive threat than Peyton Krebs. Okay. That's what I think. But I think Casey Middlestat with a 55 plus point season moving into, um, you know, an opportunity to make this team better. You have to understand there are so many young pros. We haven't even talked about Rosen, who is a first round draft. No, we're not, we're not getting into these guys right now, man. I have, we're not talking about uh, Matt Savoy. We're not talking about Oslin. We're not talking about. Kulich. I don't want to see any of these guys in a Sabres. I'm not saying you are, Petey. No, I'm, I'm saying, saying I want. I'm just saying I want those guys traded for other. Yes. People. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're at the point where. Can you can you honestly say that we've identified our top six forwards offensively? Now, what type of third line center do you need? If I were to say to you right now, say Boone Jenner, Boone Jenner from the from the Columbus Blue Jackets. If I were to say to you that Boone Jenner, twenty nine year old guy, his is available for trade. Because you have the Columbus Blue Jackets, what are they doing? They're, re- they're restocking the cupboard. They're starting from ground zero. Okay, they're they are. What do you ask team in the National Hockey League? What do you want from me? You want my first round pick this year? Um, you want my three seconds? <laughs> no, I I am so I, I am looking for. Oh, they got rid uh, of one. I'm I'm looking to make a move that makes sense for Columbus. That knowing that Boone Jenner, and I, and I'm pretty sure, Petey, that he's got term on his deal, that he just signed a contract that is favorable. Let me look him up here. Boone Jenner is 29, and he makes 3.75. That's n- n- peanuts. So for three more years, we would have Boone Jenner in his prime, who's the captain of the team to be in, be put into an extremely young group of players, and this is going to be your third-line pivot. Casey Middlestat is an incredible hockey player, and he's going to have an incredible career someplace else. But Boone Jenner in 68 games this year has 26 goals and 45 points. Now he's minus 32, played on the worst team That's in the league. Columbus. It, right? I'm just saying, Boone Jenner, you want a guy who can kill freaking penalties 
You need you don't need Casey Middlestad as your third line center, even even though I think he's a wizard, and I think he's got more to give. I think Casey Middlestad should be on another team next year, and you should be targeting a center that can kill penalties. Oh my god, this team sucks at killing penalties. Go and get a Boone Jenner. Go and get a guy that plays the game hard. He plays it tough. He blocks shots. He produces offense. He's got leadership qualities. That's the guy that you have to go after. What what do we expect from this team tonight and tomorrow? Season ends. Season's over tomorrow. I haven't. I haven't. I'm not done yet. I don't want to talk about tonight. Fucking gives a shit about tonight or their next game. I don't care. I have another guy besides Boone Jenner that I'm going after. Holy fuck. Building the team right now. One, Two games left. One more guy. Okay. Oh. My my number one guy to go after. And uh, he would fit in this lineup like a glove. Okay. It's a defenseman, I bet. Nope. Really? It's oh, okay. Tom Wilson. Yes. Yeah. Tom Wilson has one more year on his deal, which is next year. One more year. Tom Wilson is a player that we do not have. We've got like, what's the difference between Alex Tuck and Paterka or Jeff Skinner or Quinn or, or Thompson? They're all the same. They're super skilled. They skate well. They have great hockey IQ. They can produce offense. Do not have a player that is keeping other teams honest that that can play like here's the thing you're not you're not getting Tom Wilson because he's just a big mutt bag and he's going to go and fight Tom Wilson is playing on the top line in Washington he uh, everyone, everyone point, knows what he is 5.2 million dollars it's he's not he's he's no i don't think anyone sitting here saying Tom Wilson's a mutt the guy's he was first round pick he's guy's a first rounder yeah he's he's a phenomenal hockey player Take away last the, year. Last year he had twenty four goals and fifty two points. This year he yeah. was hurt for for a large part of the season. Ended up with twelve goals and twenty one points in thirty two games. So he's on pace for thirty goals. Yeah. Well, that that significantly changes the look of your team. Could you imagine? Can you imagine? No, I'm not I, even. I, I'm gonna I'm not even gonna call this a third line. Boone Jenner would be your second line with. Tom Wilson, and let's just say hypothetically a Peyton Krebs. I'm going to just throw this out there. Put in a position, who's put in a position to go out and, and, and play an, a more offensive role with two guys that are defensively responsible. They're, oh. You know, Tom Wilson kills penalties. I'm going to throw this out Jenner. No one's going to like this. After you get Tom Wilson and Boone Jenner. Oh, God. No, I don't want him. I don't want him. Who? You you want to get Ryan Reeves? Radko Gudis. Oh man, I don't think to, I don't think Florida's going to let him go. Okay. I think he's too important to that team and the way that he plays the game. Man, they love him there. They love Radko Gudis. But I will say this: the Sabers need to go out and get a player that's going to play with Owen Power next year. Why don't you go and get what's his name there? The guy from uh, Pareco. Too much money. Okay, yeah, makes too much money. About him and I, yeah, I was wondering if if money was still the issue with him. Um, I don't Susie. know if Sier, I don't know if Siernick from Tampa Bay is an option. I know that he signed a long term deal there, but Tampa Bay is going to have to make moves. They're going to have to make changes. They've got a shit ton of money tied up and other players on that team are going to start to need to get paid. And Sierneck is in a situation that uh, he might be an odd man out. He might be an odd man out because they got to find money. That's that's too. I mean, that's too, you have Sierneck in your lineup. You need, you need more toughness too. I mean, look at, he's got a lot around him to, to make him be Sierneck. You know, yeah. look at look but at you have Victor Z- Hedman and Sergachev who make a lot of they make a lot of money. 
Yeah, I'm just talking about the, the the style of player that if you want to get the most out of him, you gotta you gotta offer him a little bit of support. He's not your lone wolf. Look at Zadorov in Calgary. Guy can do whatever no, he wants. That's why I've already got Tom Wilson. Yeah, I'm saying if you can't get Tom Wilson, you still have to get somebody else. Got to get Tom Wilson. Lawson Kraus, Arizona. Lawson Kraus. Guys, I don't think these guys are becoming available. They're yeah, way too they, valuable. They have to. They have to be coming available. Because right now the Sabres have so much draft collateral that, you know, our first rounder this year, we don't need another first rounder. We picked three first rounders last year. Three. Do you want to give up Matt Savoy? Probably not. Do you want to give up Coolidge? Absolutely not. Rosen, trade bait, Oslin, trade bait. I mean, you have to make, you have to do something. Tom Wilson's a Toronto boy. He will be a Toronto Maple Leaf by the end of his contract. Nope, not if we can help it. I'm telling you, that's the guy. He would be an absolute game changer for this for this team. Absolute game changer. I think you're dreaming, man. I think you're dreaming. It's a, that's an unrealistic. You you went right to the top of the ladder. How many how many teams in the league forwards. have the ability to grab a Tom Wilson? away from Washington. Washington right now, what where are they? Where are they? Are they are they looking to to start to turn over some of these players and get some draft collateral to to work on the future even though, you know, the Backstrom and 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 the TJ Oshie and the Ovechkin are still there. I think you have to start to turn over some of these players. And this is the time with, with Tom Wilson. He's got one more year and then he's an unrestricted free agent. I would try my very best to go out you know, and I'm, sign I'm this guy. I'm willing to bet you he'll stay there. He'll want to stay there and ride it out with Ovi and, and uh, Backstrom and be a part of it. Are you kidding me? He's yeah. already won his cup. Yeah. I, I bet he would. Yeah, one, There's I bet he wants such to. a bright light in Buffalo though. There's such a bright light and, and he's no dummy. He's 29 years old. He would be literally one of the, the oldest guys on the team at 29 years old. Do you not think that he looks across and sees what he sees developing here in this city? I think they're aware. I think these guys are aware. Um, side note, as we get out of here, um, we were talking about teams at the start that have spiraled down like Chicago and the end of eras and things like that. It has been just announced by the Chicago Blackhawks that tonight will be Jonathan Tabe's last game as a Blackhawk. Wow. Yeah. A statement from general manager, Kyle Davidson. Yeah. I think we all expected this. Does he play next year? You think or no? Absolutely not. No, absolutely. I would be shocked if you saw, um, Jonathan Taves play anywhere. I think that uh, I think he's had he is just uh, the truest professional that you can possibly imagine. Three Stanley Cups. He's made more money than he knows what to do with. Um, he, there's just nothing. God, has he made a lot of money? Coming off an eighty-four million dollar deal, then he had the thirty-one and a half million dollar deal. And an eight eight million dollar holy jumping man. This guy's not hurting for uh, cash. I'll tell you that. Well, it's not about money. It, it's, it's not it's, about money. It's not about money. But he's made one hundred and twenty million dollars. Yeah, but, but when you when and he's you, won three Stanley Cups. Well, when you hear and the he's name dealt John with health Taves, issues, he's health he's, issues. He's done it all. So it's it's just a matter of desire now. He's won everything. He's literally won everything. He is a, literally a walking billboard of of winningness. You know, one of the youngest captains in NHL history, three Stanley Cups. I mean, he he's just an absolute legend. He is just that good. And um he he's had some struggles. He's had some struggles in, in the last couple years. And I just think, man, there's there's more there's more to life than just the NHL. 
There is. There there really is. There's a it's long the end, the end of a great career. First ballot Hall awesome of Famer. Career. Oh. Phenomenal career. Yep. Hall of Famer for sure. Uh anything else to add today before we get out of here? Nope. I'm gonna go to Cap Friendly right now and I'm gonna be I'm gonna finish my GMing and make my trades uh, for uh, Boone Jenner and uh, Tom Wilson. See what well, my team looks like. I look forward to hearing about your roster tomorrow. You can tell me your entire new Sabres roster. I'm going to, I'm going to, what are you talking about? Show. I'm sending it out soon as right to you in the, in our group chat. Soon as my, uh, soon as I'm done making trades, I got to be realistic though. Can't be like, yeah. Hey, I want Tom Wilson. Give me, I'll give you a first rounder for him. No, I'm going to try and be realistic in in my, my thought and just have some fun. Just have some fun with it. Good luck. Yeah. Thank you. Enjoy your Thursday on cap friendly. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.